Okay. <sighs> I went in the bathroom here at work and washed my hair. <laughs> like a real homeless guy. Well, I was sitting here. Yeah. Setting up for this recording and I have the camera on and I can see myself. And I was thinking, Jesus Christ, what a greasy head you've got. Mm. So I went into the bathroom. Luckily, it's a single stall. So people didn't walk in and see me doing it. But uh, it's worse now, I think. When you don't wash it with shampoo and it's greasy, I think it makes it worse. Well, it's oil and water. It doesn't mix. Yeah, but it should at least some should wipe off. You should have gone into like the, um, I don't know if it would have it, but the uh, the medicine little cabinet, you know, and looked for baby powder. I thought about that because I do dump baby powder in my hair. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, the, my travel baby powder is at home, unfortunately. My travel baby powder. <laughs> do you Do you have like a satchel that you bring with you to work? Yeah, I have a backpack. Yeah, you should put that, you should always just have that in there. Well doesn't help with today. Mm. And the sink was one of those sensor sinks, so you can't keep it running. I hate those sensor sinks. I always feel like an idiot. Like, hi, like, wait, like, <laughs> put your hands in front of it. Like, I'm an idiot. Just let me turn it on. Well, because there's a select number of people in the world who will turn it on, clog the sink, and leave it on. So it overflows. This is part of the problem. I don't think that that's why. I think it's because... It was a way to save water, and it makes it feel futuristic. I don't think it was a way to make it feel futuristic, but it's save both, water, think, sure. Yeah. Well, it's like, aren't we fancy? We have this type of thing. Maybe when they first came out. You think I'll now you it's that. no big deal? When, no, when they first came out, people were like, oh, my God, a sensor. I don't even have to touch the sink. And maybe that was part of it, too. Oh, people didn't sanity, want to touch. Sanity, <laughs> sanitation thing. Yeah, but... The sensor, you have to be moving in front of it, too. I thought maybe you could just put a piece of tape over it or something, but that doesn't work. There's got to be movement. It has mm. to sense the movement. And the sink says it has warm water, but I don't know if it does. So the at-work hair washing wasn't even a very good washing. I couldn't get warm water. I couldn't keep the water Aww. running. I didn't have any soap or shampoo. I guess there was soap. Don't I would not use that soap. Well, ooh, maybe just like a teeny little bit just to get rid of the oil. I'll never get it out, I think, is why I didn't use it. It's like oh. I can't get enough water going here. If you could keep the water running right. and just dunk your head into the sink, not into the sink, but under the faucet, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I would never actually fill the sink and then dunk my head in it. That's absolutely disgusting. It's like taking a bath, which is so gross. Well, I feel like in your, ugh, you know, I was going to say in my own sink, I think I'd be okay with it. But my sink is like. I don't constantly clean my sink and I'm spitting into it, you know, with my toothpaste and it's got little spots, you know, from dry tooth. Like, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't put my own head in my own sink. It's gross. Do you ever pull out the drain itself? Like the, the plug? No, I try not to think about that because I sometimes see like, because I trim my own hair, you know, and I'll try and catch as much hair as I can, but it falls into the sink. So then some of it ends up down the drain and I kind of see it like hooked on to like one of those little... It's gross. Side piece. Yeah, it's really gross. It's gross. And one of the bathrooms at the apartment, they have one of those, I hate the sink, but it's one of those fancy sinks where it looks like a bowl sitting on top of a cabinet. Oh, right. And that has a different type of drain in it. Right. The plug, at least, the stopper. And it's, it, can, it, it more than covers the drain hole itself. And you can push down on it and that's what will plug it up. But 
you can't actually see any of the drain until you pull this thing out and ugh, the amount of sludge that was attached sludge. to it last time I pulled it out to clean it. Those bowls that, like you said, just look like a bowl. It always reminds me of um, Ripley's Believe It or Not, <laughs> because it seems like, how does this work? How's this, you know? I know it how not. it works. It's not hard to think about how it works, but there's something about it that seems like a little bit of an optical illusion. Believe it or don't. <laughs> Somebody commented on that last time we brought this up on our show. And what did they say? They said that I was wrong, but I was, I'm actually right. It actually okay. depends. It depends no, but how on the do, way. How did they say that it was, it was supposed to be phrased? It depends on the way you're presenting it. Uh, the way I've always interpreted it is believe it or don't. That's your problem. That's your problem. <laughs> that's an implied that's your problem at the end. Okay. So the don't is fitting when you view it from that way. I forget what the other person said, but they. I know. they. I think what they said made sense. I think I texted it to you, right? No, I feel like it was posted. It was, and then I think I texted it to you because I know you don't look. No, I saw. I never saw a text from you. I saw it on oh. on Facebook. Page. It was something about there was something in the be the beginning of the phrase, Ripley's. Do you believe it or not believe it? Something like Ripley's. That. Okay, here's what the person said. Okay. Seth Lawrence. I'll give Seth credit. Seth. Ripley's in parentheses, do you believe it or not? So they're saying that the do you is implied, which in that case, sure, I'll give that to the person. I think that makes sense. Mine is. Uh, because they used an exclamation. Oh, I say that's fine if they used a question mark, but they don't use a question mark. It's an exclamation. Explit ex Exclamation. Jesus Christ. Exclamation. I'm exclaiming my explanation. Yeah. And then so, yeah, see if we care is the implied part see as far as I'm care. concerned. <laughs> Believe it or not. Believe it or don't. See if I care. But don't, stop saying don't. It's not no, right. because it's not. Not. It's don't. Believe it or don't. But that sounds dumb. Believe it or don't. Believe it or don't believe it. Well, believe it or not, that's the right phrasing. No, because believe it or not believe it. That's wrong. Believe it or don't believe it. See if I care. Don't. Is correct. Well, I get what you're saying, but it is you, a phrase. You wouldn't say believe it or not believe it. See if I care. But if you put the do you... Do you believe it or not? Then fine. I'm trying to look subjective. up the etymology of the phrase. It's subjective. It's open to interpretation, even though it is. mine is correct. I mean, I'm not saying yours is not correct. I'm just saying. Look at these people. He was so confident about it, too. I'm confident because I'm correct. Believe it or don't believe it. It's your fucking problem. If you don't, you're missing out. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I like the aggression that you uh, subscribe to it. Yeah, because in this situation, the person's like, yeah, whatever. That's stupid. That's not real. And you're like, fine. 
Fine. Don't believe it, you fucking idiot. Don't. Not my problem. Even though I'm the person who would be saying, I don't believe it. Maybe it's just, believe it or not, it's fine either way. Anyway, we're getting into our episode, and the topic is grudges. I clearly hold a grudge on on this topic of Ripley's believe it or (laughs) not. Or don't. Believe it or don't believe it. Okay, start the music. Welcome to One Topic, where we stick to one topic. My name is Autumn Fisher. My name is Greg Russ. Out of breath for whatever reason, even though I've been sitting here in the studio for 15 minutes at this point and I shouldn't be out of breath. Was it the drumming? (laughs) No, in general. I I think this mic is sensitive, too, and I can hear my breathing more, so it just Uh... seems like that to me that I'm more out of breath. I I feel like English Nick, where you can always hear him breathing on mic. (laughs) (laughs) I think I think that your local is too loud. If you can hear yourself breathing, that's uh, something's up with your side. Yeah, but I'm not going to mess with the settings because last time I did that's that. That's fine. Don't, don't mess with it. I overmodulated. Yeah. But yeah, Nick is always like. <laughs> it's not his It's not his mouth. It's his nose. He's like, <sighs> I'm a mouth breather. I can't help it because I broke my nose back in eighth grade. Yeah. So I can only breathe out of one side of it at any given time. Totally normal. That thing septum is deviated. But it switches. I don't know. It's either the left or the right nostril I can breathe out of. But quite You're often like it's not delivering. It's not delivering <laughs> enough oxygen, so I have to breathe through my mouth. Greg mouth is breather. a dolphin. Mouth breather. Ew! Something just started playing. Did you hear that? No, I didn't hear anything. Okay, good. So, yes, you would like to talk about grudges. Yes, because I feel like, I feel like this was inspired because I had a phone conversation yesterday with. Somebody you hold a grudge against still to this day? Well, I wouldn't say that I hold a grudge today. Should we say who it is? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Uh, Tim Frazier, who Mm -hmm. is Virgin Murray, the former producer of the Regular Guys morning show. And our boss when we were interns. Yes, he brought us in as interns. And uh, he texted me on my birthday, wished me a happy birthday. I saw the text and because I don't delete texts. He had sent me the same text on my previous birthday. I never texted him on his birthday. <laughs> okay, got it. And when he that texted, is embarrassing when like the only texts between you two are like "Happy birthday" or "Merry well, Christmas" or whatever. Well, you do that thing where it's like, yeah, yeah, we should really catch up. It's been too long, and then the whole year went by and we didn't catch up. So I said, this time, for real, let's actually set a date and time now to do it. And then he said, I don't know what you're talking about because I got a new phone and I don't have all the texts. And oh, okay. It's kind of weird to me that people don't keep their texts. It's like an archive of all your conversations in your life, but whatever well, yeah. people like to delete them. Well, sometimes you have so many of those those like authentication ones where it's like here's a stupid six digit code or whatever, and it's like just delete everything. I can't deal with all these. Well, those I'll delete. Anything is like a promo text. It's like, yeah. boots, 30% off. It's like, how the fuck did you even get my number? Oh, yeah, I bought boots from you once. <laughs> and I gave you my number. And I thought I told you to stop texting me, but apparently those get deleted. But conversations. It's also funny when people text me, like people I know, but I haven't spoken to in <clears throat> quite a while. For whatever reason, I if, if I don't have their number in my phone, I don't want to add it. I don't want to create a contact for them. I'm, I, I think... Man, we don't text that often. 
you send me texts every you know year or two. So I, I don't feel like taking the time to put you in my contacts list. But since I don't delete texts, they'll text again one day and I'll think, who the fuck is this? And then but then you have the, the, the history so you can see who it is. Yes, if I if I engaged, but sometimes I don't even respond to the person. I see. Sometimes, look, sometimes there's somebody from your past, uh, uh, let's say an ex, <laughs> like, like a long, long, long time ago ex, like somebody who doesn't really count in the list of people that you dated because you were in middle school or early high school or something. Okay. And they'll text, like, what are you writing me for? What's going on in your life right now that you're so... That is a little strange. So I'm not responding. I'm going to leave you be. Hmm. Is that a type of grudge? I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, no, maybe that just feels... Uh, I was going to say like inauthentic, but only because it feels like you, they're not really contacting you because they want to contact you. It's because of some strange reason that they are doing it for themselves to contact you. Like I I'm in a weird hold, place and I'm contacting Greg from my past. I don't hold any grudges against anyone I've ever dated. Some you should. Yeah, maybe some I should. For whatever mm -hmm. reason, I give those people a pass. Hmm. But anyway, we can get into that later. I want to go back to the, the Tim thing. Right. I feel as though you hold some sort of grudge against him because of the way he treated you when... When we were interns and me, it was the same. We got the same mm -hmm. treatment. And I think we but brought it up But as a dude, it's different. He treated you differently than he treated me. Yes, but we both got that thing where it's like, go get everyone coffee and food. And then he'd throw the money on the ground. Or he's yeah. like, go to Chick-fil-A and get us chicken biscuits. And as an intern, that's part of your duty. Oh, yeah. It wasn't that we had to do those things. No, it was the way he treated us when he would throw it on the ground. And it was it was done as a joke. But then he wouldn't then pick up the money. Like, you really did have to get on the ground and pick it up. You'd throw the money on the ground and he'd say, pick it up. It was, it was a total like, power ha, ha, ha. play. But then, oh, I really do have to pick it up. And then you're like, well, you're like the, I was going to say the low man on the totem pole, but that's the opposite. Because really the, the lowest to the ground is the higher uh, respected totem. So I don't like saying that phrase. But... <laughs> So the one at the top is not respected. That's the one everyone hates. Yeah. So you should say I'm at the top of the totem pole. It's just like when people say um, we're at DEFCON 12 or whatever. Like, that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> it's DEFCON 1. It's like, in, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So anyway. <laughs> well, that aside, in that situation, yes, you're not going to fight back. You're not going to no. say anything back because you're an intern and nobody's going to stand up for you. If, if you were told you're done, you're done. Like there's no one else who's going to step in and be like, hey, what happened to that person? No, I really like having them around. So you pick up the money and you go to Chick-fil-A. Now, there are some times, if we're talking about grudges, and I'll let you speak to Tim in a minute, but this mm -hmm. just reminds me while we're on the intern getting food thing. And now that Ron Lester is dead, I feel a little bit bad about it, but not so much. Ron Lester was that guy from Varsity Blues, the big guy. Mm -hmm. Billy, Bob, Billy Bob, Billy Bob Joe. And apparently he went to my high school, North Cobb High School, not while I was there. And for whatever reason, once that movie got big, he showed up, he came back and attended a football game. 
and was like prancing around and posing for pictures. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing here? That's not. Why was he there? Like, was he just in, was it Christmas or something? He was with his family? I don't, I'm possibly, but who cares? You're, you're in a movie. Yeah. The movie, be, the, you know, gets popular. You go home for Christmas. Do you go back to your high school <laughs> and go to not. a football game? But what I'm saying, like, there, I, I, I'm trying to think there must have been a reason. Like, he had a cousin that still went to that school that played football. And that's why he was there. Because otherwise it is, like, so desperate. Yes, that's the way I took it. Now, yeah. if you weren't in a movie, I think your behavior changes. I wouldn't go to a North Cobb football game no matter what. Mm -hmm. But if you go home and you're just hanging around you're like, oh, yeah, let's just there's a football game tonight. Let's go. And you're yeah. not in a, you're not in a movie. Right. <laughs> then, OK, you show up to the game. But I think when you're in that movie and then you come and you flaunt and you're walking back and forth like a fucking peacock on the track in front of the football field. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? That in itself, though, isn't really a reason for me to hate a person. But I had that experience. And then as an intern, he came into the radio station and he I don't know if you were there that day, but he complained that there was no food spread. Like literally not a joke. He was angry that there wasn't food there for him. Mm -hmm. And so I was sent to get him food. And he had very specific demands about the types of bagels he wanted. Oh. And the type of cream cheese and the way he looked me in the eye and said it and treated me like a piece of shit who was there just to bring him his goddamn bagels. That's where the real anger came in. Yeah. And I got the bag of bagels and I spit in that thing like five times, maybe six, seven, eight times. And then I served it to him. It's like, there you go. Enjoy your bagels. How you fuck. How, what, like, <laughs> like that? How do you no. spit in a bag of bagels? You, like, just spit, you spit into the bag and then you shake it a bit so different bagels get in different positions. And you oh, spit my again. God. Did anybody else eat those bagels? It wasn't just for him. No, nobody else touched them. I, I was paying attention. I actually think I put some aside. There were two bags, one for him, uh, one, one for the other people. It was like uh, I was on a, a set once and uh -huh. I was producing and this hotshot DP, director of photography, cinematographer. Mm -hmm for like a fucking car commercial or something. Uh, car demanded commercial. a coffee. And the way he just demanded it, it's like, I'm not working until I get this very specific coffee from Starbucks. And I went out and got the coffee and I dug my fist into this pile of filthy water and dirt. And then I put my fist into his coffee. <laughs> put the lid back on. I imagine you have like some cut on your hand that you don't realize and then it gets infected and then Whatever. you burn the shit out of your hand by putting it in the coffee. Whatever. <laughs> like, it's worth I'll it. I'll get you. <laughs> it's worth it. I see. So that's a great kind of explanation of what holding a grudge really is. Well, I still I still don't like the guy to this day. And there's yeah. been further interactions where things are better. And he was more respectful of me as a human being. But. I was like, I don't forget that. But for whatever reason, yes, with people I dated, it's like, oh, yeah. you, you smashed in my back windshield. Maybe I should hold a grudge, but whatever. But maybe you feel like uh, you, they're not 100% responsible for their behavior. Like you induced a little bit of that behavior. No, I don't even know about that. I think that it's a, a division between women and men. It's harder oh. for me to hold grudges against women, even though there are plenty who are deserving. 
That's why you need a male therapist. Like I'm thinking back, are there any women that I hold grudges against? I don't know. But you can, now that I've hijacked this conversation, you can we'll go back to. Well, before, and what you said about, it's like a, you, you burning yourself to spite this guy's coffee, you know, it's oh, kind of interesting. It. What's that? So it's worth it. It's well, even better. It's, well, okay. But that's. <laughs> so if there's some I, kind of pain that you endure to get back at that person. Even better. But what that reminds me of is this um, saying that like holding a grudge or or maybe it's resentment too. It might have been resentment, but still grudges still work that um, it's like drinking poison and hoping it kills the other person. Because really holding that grudge, uh, which is really just holding on to resentment, right, is uh, this long term thing where that person may not even be thinking about you at all, but you are still holding on to it. And it's, and it's really poisoning you. But Only you if think... you're not acting. If you're acting on it, then in that scenario, you'd be sharing a drink with the person. And <laughs> to make sure that they're drinking poison, if the drinks got mixed up or whatever, you poison both drinks. And you drink some of the poison too, but as long as they're being poisoned. What you're saying is where you're just holding on to something and you have yeah. no interactions with the people. Yeah. And... Well, yes. that's what I'm saying, because normal people don't, like, get revenge. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't seek it out. I'm just uh, opportunistic And you were young. It. Oh. You wouldn't do that now. It wouldn't. Like, the way I think about these people, though, still to this day. Yeah. The, like, the guy who pulled up when I was a valet and said, fuck you, I'm not valet parking, and flipped me off. And then his friend in the passenger seat laughed. Get I, my blood starts to boil thinking yeah. about these people, and that's the guy I put the styrofoam cup into his gas tank. I ripped oh, it you, into little pieces. You broke pieces. it up, yeah. Because all he needed to say was like, "Hey, do I really need a valet park?" There's it seems like there's plenty of spots, and I said, "Yeah, it's fine. I don't care. Go yeah. ahead. You don't need to pull up immediately and be an asshole about it." So thinking about that guy, if I ran into him again today, I wouldn't know. But if somebody said that's that guy, I wouldn't be over it. I'm like, "Oh, you? That's you." Oh. You fuck. Again, not a woman. <clears throat> I'm sure there's a woman somewhere. All right. Well, you dig deep and think about it. <laughs> and I'll talk about Frasier. So um, there was there there was mistreatment like that, you know, where uh, just rude power, weird things between us. Um, and he never really tried to teach me anything, but he taught you things. You know, and, and I think that that was partly to do with the spirit of the show at the time, you know, where it was like women that come in aren't there for radio. <laughs> They're there for like to be the topless intern or to do the wiffle ball bat challenge, you know, so I can kind of understand at least that. But the fact that he wasn't like so much older than us or isn't so much older than us. But then treated us so poorly. <laughs> like it would seem that if he were older and in that environment and I was a young woman coming in, then it would make even more sense that he wouldn't try and like teach me things about radio or like how to run the board and stuff. But then the fact that we are contemporaries and that he still viewed me as less than, you know, that's that was fucked up to think about afterwards. Um, and I think a lot of this too, a lot of the grudge holding can be from 
the fact that I didn't realize it at the time and almost uh, because of, I guess, my personality back then, too, it was like, oh, you treat me poorly. I'm going to work harder to be uh, cool enough or like chill enough or or even like I brought sexuality into it because like I tried a little bit to like get with him for some reason because I think when it did really that happen? Was, it was like during St. Lucia when we all went to St. Lucia. No, you had a date. You were there with Tim. Andrews. Oh, well, he was just my date. He was just my friend. That was before you were in the relationship. Yeah, it was before. Oh. Yeah, I tried. Win you over? Is that the the moment you thought this is it? Oh no. I love. Yeah. I mean, Tim and I were always good at being friends and that's that's the way it should have stayed but anyway that's not the point um <laughs> but yeah fraser but he had like, a date oh no he didn't no he didn't <laughs> oh yeah he brought somebody but did he i don't yes. think so vanessa oh vanessa that's right vanessa was not his date just like i wasn't tim's date okay so i didn't know i didn't know that there was an attempt just what a little that, bit. Just like I went to his, like? <laughs> barely anything. I went to his room <laughs> to hang out with him and he like did not really care about me being there. I was like, okay, bye. Um, but yeah, it was like a little bit, I, I think it was because he treated me poorly that like I felt like I had to work harder, you know, for him to like me or for him to not treat me like that. Instead, Instead of just, of just being saying, like, fuck whatever. you. Yeah. Why, yeah. why wouldn't you just approach it as... Okay, fine. This is the way it's going to be. Then, sure, I have to interact with you some because I'm an intern and I, this is important to me and I yeah. don't want to lose this, but I'll just figure out what that looks like. Well, I was 19 uh, and I didn't know any better. And I had, you know, it just comes, that comes with wisdom. I didn't have any of that back then. I didn't know. But I think, so I, I don't want to say it's all his behavior that I hold the grudge against. It's also like thinking back on my own behavior and the fact that like i don't know he wasn't nice to me about it you know what i mean he just wasn't nice to me you had a self-grudge well it's also like hey why don't if i'm being this way at least maybe you could have been nice to me you know or like treated me with any type of respect i feel like there was just no respect looking back um was there ever a conversation about this dynamic Probably not. And Never. I, yeah, I wouldn't have had a conversation like that at that age either. I didn't like, know it at the time. Like, I didn't know. It was only later. You know, when it's just like in, with the money on the ground, it's like you don't really realize what that means until you're like, hey, that's fucked up. <laughs> it feels <laughs> like something you're not allowed to do, though. Like pulling a person aside and saying, you know, when you do that, it actually makes me feel like shit. Well, now I feel like that'd be way easier to figure out and, you know, talk about. I feel like now it'd be fine to do. But as I, I agree, a young but, person, you can't, I don't know, can't do that. Well, whenever you're in a situation like that, especially younger, where there's clear power dynamics at play, like I think back to being hired at 99X to do, to do the night shift. And it's not that they were nasty to me, but they offered me $38,000 a year. And I didn't even counter. I said, yeah, sure, great. Mm -hmm. It didn't even cross my mind that I was allowed to. My In my brain, there was a fear that if I, pushed back at all yeah they may just pull the whole thing away yeah and just well, take listen, it away that is a great example of how i felt about my own feelings that are like less than positive 
are less than easy or less than nothing, you know what I mean? Then it's like, then it'll all get pulled away. You're going to not like me. I'm not going to like be able to keep you. You're not going to, you know what I mean? It's all that. Which I still suffer from at times. I feel like expressing the things I actually want and need will drive people away. Yeah. But but yeah, at work too, I feel that way. It was all I could do to like, I talked a big game and it played out a big game in my head about how I was going to like negotiate a raise. You know, and when I got there, I was just like, please, can I please? <laughs> and you couldn't be firm. But look, the fact that you even had the conversation is a, is a start. Yeah. Maybe when you revisit, you can, you're also in a tough position though. I do feel like yeah. at the station, they may say, fine. Like how much leverage do you have? Yeah. How much they, support I, do you yeah. have? Mm-hmm. If if they because when they came back to me with the amount, I was like, I was just honest with who I was talking to. I was like, "What if I said no?" They'd be like, "Too bad." <laughs> They'd be like, "Okay." I mean, that's part of it too. Once they come back, you can ask again, and if they say no, I don't feel like it's a. I don't know. Some people play games with it. I feel like some people are direct. In this scenario, you asking for more money and whatever they offered, I feel like that is probably the final offer. Like, yeah, that's what it was. That's what it is. Like, I don't feel like anyone's playing a game there. Um, but I said earlier about expressing wants and needs and the fear that it drives someone away. The funny thing is, looking back through my history, not doing that is ultimately what drove everyone away. <laughs> yeah. Because I would become miserable. I still, It's still difficult because I feel as though I have uh, an inordinate amount of need for alone time. Mm. And constantly pointing it out like there's still something in my brain that says well if i just do it and uh maneuver and navigate without expressly calling attention to it then the person won't realize how much actually exists but if i start saying hey this is one of those times that you know i'd like to be alone it's like yeah that's like every fucking day (laughs) so it's still still a little bit yeah is that anxiety i think that's anxiety because it's a it's about the perceived reality as as opposed to the actual reality yeah there's there's certainly anxiety it's yeah neuroticism you need medicine brew just the teensiest little whiff of some zoloft or whatever like it would do you good i tried to ask bard about it i said what's a good starting dosage for for uh well uterine and bard Mm. said i will not discuss that with you (laughs) (laughs) well there's a male like so a lot of people put women on Zoloft and and they put men on something else. But I just get like the lowest dose. I'm on the well, I've I've always taken the lowest dose to be effective of mine. Um cuz I'm trying to still like feel my genitals. <laughs> that's like Yeah, Christina, I mean that's yeah. that's a big thing. Um Christina Pajinski said that she tried to get off her Zoloft because, or her whatever she's taking because she's like, I would like to be in touch with my genitals again. Zoloft is one of those, though, you can't just, you're not supposed to just stop any of them. No. Um, But I took Prozac at one point, and that has such a long half-life that while it's still not good to just stop, it doesn't send you into the pits of hell like Zoloft will if you just quit it. I thought the... <clears throat> I thought the effects of quitting Zoloft cold turkey was just those like zaps or something. Your brain. No, I think it's. I think it can really throw you for a mm. loop, where 
Prozac's more of a slow decline because the half-life is so long, but there uh, still are those brain zaps. Which I've never had no, anything. There's no good way of explaining what those actually are if you haven't been through them, but they actually are. I mean, brain zaps is the closest you can get. Yeah. It's like, what does that mean? It's like, well, it is kind of you're sitting there and a pulse of something moves through your brain. Like a little shock of yeah, electricity. Weird. Talking about 99X, that brings me to one of my grudges. I won't bring up the name, but it was a person who used like two first names. Like <laughs> if I were to call myself Greg Gregory's. Okay. And uh, this guy was really just the messenger, but he was just one of those radio dudes. Yes, man. You could tell he got to where he is in his career by saying yes. I don't want to go too deep into it because, you know, these are small industries. But sure. he was the one who delivered the information to me that they were taking me off the air at 99X for being too creative. Like, those are the words. <laughs> You're just being too creative. We want someone to just introduce the music. Mm -hmm. And I was so fucking angry. I was so angry. I, I Look, even if you're just the person delivering the message, if I were in that spot, I'd think about what I was saying and what it meant to the person I was talking to and the impact it was going to have on their life. And sure, you can't right. make it better. They're going to feel whatever they're going to feel, but you can at least treat them like a fucking person. And saying something like you're just being too creative, which doesn't even fucking make sense. It's just more confusing than anything. Like it tells you a lot about the industry, I guess. And in a way set me on a path where it's like, well, then fuck radio. Fuck mm -hmm. it. Because if they don't want, if the industry as a whole doesn't want that, which is pretty much true, then fine. It's time for me to get out. But thinking back, I was going to therapy in Atlanta at that point and talking about how, well, I won't go into the specifics, but it was one of my <laughs> violent fantasies about how I wanted this person, something to happen to this person. And I wanted someone close to them to see it happen. Jesus Christ. And I wanted it to be slow. And, you know, you tell therapists these things. And I guess if there's real concern that they'll say something or report something, like if they feel like you're going to act. But this wasn't something I was going to do. This was just something that was going to happen to this person. Nothing to do with me. It involved a car or a bus or something. And uh, the response is, yeah, I mean, we all have thoughts like that at some point. So I felt better about it. I mean, we've all had thoughts. Like, I still of. get angry. I still get angry about that. What yeah. a stupid... You're being too creative. Sounds like a lie. It sounds like something people make up to like protect their egos. Well, if he had explained, like you said, if he had treated you like a person and said, the people above you are not into the, the stuff you're creating even though it, you know, has a, a place in the world to be interesting and funny or whatever. But for them, for here, for now, it is like not working out. Again, just treating you like a person. You could still disagree, but at least he would be telling you something and speaking to you. But instead, he was just like, probably, you know, walked in, disconnected. Well, just do grip. What you just said, though, I think back to the grudges that I still hold, it is all tied to someone treating me not like a human mm. or not taking that into account or thinking about it. It's like, get me food, get me coffee. Yeah. You're the one to do it, and it needs to be exactly like this. No, please. 
No, thank you. The discussion at 99X, just some statement blowing up someone's, you know, career. Not, not the career. I mean, that's going a little too far because, but at the moment, it's like, mm -hmm. okay, well, I got to figure this out. And, you know, it freed me to move to New York because that was the thing that was holding me back. It's like, how do I give up this good job, even though it only paid $38,000 a year? But, you know, getting the night shift on 99X, <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's a big thing. And I can't just justify giving this up to move right. to New York. So, you know, there are things that came out of it that were beneficial ultimately, but just that discussion. It's just, it was like two minutes since I get out, you're done. I wasn't necessarily fired. I think what was worse is they still made me do a weekend shift. That's more insulting. It's like, just take me off the fucking air. Oh, they moved you from nights to weekends? Yeah. I had a contract. Oh, so they had so, to fill. Oh. You could, couldn't you have just left and then still been paid through your contract? Well, if you just leave, if they had gotten rid of me, if they oh. told me to leave, I think they would have had to pay through the contract. I see. But they gave me a job like a, they were creating the AV room which a with a bunch of web content and weird mm. stuff. Cool. Which, look, again, I looked at that and like, this this is dumb. Nobody cares about this. But <laughs> yeah. I think they believed in that. And to think that I was capable of building something like that, that could have meant something if you presented it. At that point in my life, I wouldn't have gone for it. I was like, no, I wanted to be on the air and it's not what I want to do this web stuff and you took me off and now you still make me do a weekend shift, which is more feels just like rubbing it in. Mm. It's like, you remember when you used to do this full time? Now you just do it once or twice a week. <laughs> and then I did a show where I, I said, Decker's gone. Uh, from here on out, I'm Greg Gregory's. And it was like a live broadcast. What was that place on West peach tree? Which place? There was a venue there. Oh, vinyl. Yeah, and something upstairs was vinyl. Yeah. The one upstairs, uh, something was upstairs. No but vinyl. Doing, maybe for, yeah, I was doing a a broadcast there, and I was just making it about myself and talking about things that nobody listening knew about. <laughs> and someone narked on me. Uh, I mean, it was being broadcast, so anyone yeah, could have I heard know. it. <laughs> who, I know who somebody. Narked? I know that's. I know who narked. Somebody who oh. was there on the promotions team running that broadcast that night went back to Leslie and talked about how unprofessional it was. Mm. And Leslie called me in that next Monday and sent me home. But did she treat you like a human being or did she also speak to you? No, no. She, she made, you know, we've already determined though that for whatever reason. Well, that's what I'm asking. <laughs> if like, she were she... a man that what she had told me, maybe uh, it wouldn't have gone over the same way. But the truth is if she were a man and the person and she's and that person said exactly what she said to me. I don't remember exactly what uh -huh. it was, but this the the specifics leave my mind. But the general thing was that's just not good radio. Like right. people listening don't know what you're talking about. And to me, that meant something. It's like, yeah, you're right. Like I need to put on a show that's good for everyone. And I made it about myself. And that's what I said when I left. I was like, I, I apologize that that happened. It's like that isn't good content. Um, and while there was a go home today, you're not working, which is a bit of a punishment. I think that it also felt as though it was taking into account that, you know, I was feeling a lot 
needed to just go fucking sit with it. Yeah. So instead of exercise it on the air. But I always say this about air checks. When I would air check with other PDs, the stuff I was doing on the air quite often was don't do that. Just no, don't, don't, no, no. And my air checks with Leslie were always, I hear what you're trying to do. Here's a way to make it better or think of it from this angle. Well, yeah, because there are some people who actually care about making something interesting or or creating something that is sort of, especially like with radio, you want to do something that's next, right? That is like either something that people will enjoy or something that's new and maybe interesting and will get people to stay and listen because it's just radio and like, who cares? But a lot of people that are in those positions are just like people that sort of work their way up not because of merit, but just because they were still there. Like maybe do. they were on air for an afternoon and then they got a, and then a job opening and then they hired because they were in-house. It's like, okay. And you do have to feel your way through it. Like, yes, everything you said, you're trying to find a way to set yourself apart. And there's a lot of trash that comes out through that too. Sure. Like, but that's why you have someone above you that can say, got it. I can see what you're doing. It's very messy. Yes. Let's tighten it up. Yes, and that goes a long way with me. Yeah. But when people are, nah, nah, no. One, it's lazy. Like, you don't want to it's even lazy. deal with this. Yeah, it's lazy. You seemingly don't even want me here. Just be a DJ. Just say the things that DJs say. Jared And just do, do, play the part. Don't be interesting or creative because that makes me have to do work. The same thing happened at RXP, the station I went to in New York. When I moved to New York, I wanted to get out of radio, but you know, I moved here without a job and that station launched like two months after I moved here. And I submitted my resume and air check to this guy, Blake, who was the program director. And he called me in for an interview and he really liked what I was doing, but he was the program director from the station before, which was a smooth jazz station. (laughs) And So he hired me and he hired my friend Dave, who was similar to me on the air. And I think the idea was one of us was going to get the night shift and he wasn't sure who. Uh, But then he was fired. And the guy who was doing the afternoon shift was named interim PD. And that was one of those guys where it's like, all right, you're running this thing. You've been doing radio for a while. What do you think about what I'm doing? And it's like, I, you know, I think it's it's pretty good. Uh, I think you're being yourself. That's all you're going to get from him. He's not giving you much more. You can sense. It's like, I don't really think you actually like what I do. Mm. You probably think I don't respect the music, which, you know, I don't necessarily because <laughs> I find the, to get in my way. Like there's me, then there's the music. Get the music <laughs> yeah. out of here and there's more of me, which sure, is that a good thing? We don't ultimately? need to hear the yeah, yeah, yeahs again. <laughs> but it comes to light at some point. And now Leslie ended up being program director of that station, <clears throat> which I was happy about because of my relationship with her. And I also like the fact that she wasn't the one who hired me. Someone who didn't know me hired me. So there's validation there. Yeah. Um, But I found out in passing this other guy who was the intern PD, like hated me on the air, didn't like any of it. It's like, sure. Okay. You're not going to say I hate you, but I feel like there's different ways to approach it. And I guess if you're interim PD, maybe it's not your place to, it's like, I don't even want to get involved in that because this isn't my job. This is what I signed on for. Uh, somebody else needs to have that conversation where this station is really about the music and we'll need you to focus on that if you want to be on the station, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I know that he was a big reason why I and Dave didn't get the night shift either. 
uh, we just got thrown on weekends. He was the, the, the reason that happened because I know he was expressing to people that he didn't like either of us and hmm. brought someone else in who I thought was pretty boring. Uh, so I held a grudge against him too. And I similarly had uh, some <clears throat> idea of how I would like him to die. And it, <laughs> it involved his cats. <laughs> he was a, he was a fucking asshole. And who, he, he was given the job in New York. He just complained about being in New York. He clearly yeah. didn't want to be there. He just did it because it was a job and it's the number one market. And just the whole time it's like complaints about the city. And it's like, get the fuck out of here. Just leave. Why are you here? You're clogging everything up. And then when he did finally leave, he resigned and left because uh, I only went to Colorado or some crap. I'm mm -hmm. from the West. I love the West Coast. And I love the Western part of the country. Yeah, guy, fine. Go back. Get out of here. It was a big celebration. But I do remember at the... Uh, a celebration his... or a going away party? Well, there was a going away party, but I was using it as a celebration <laughs> that he was leaving. <laughs> But, I wonder how many going away parties have actually secretly been celebrations for people. <laughs> they think like, oh, goodbye. Thank you. But I remember when he left his own thing early. Watching him walk away through the front windows of the bar. And I said, oh, that's it. That's the last time we'll see Brian. Oops, I said his name. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. We don't know who it is. And uh, then he came back like five seconds later. He's like, oh, forgot my coat. <laughs> <laughs> you had like you're like no i already yeah, like romantically said, said goodbye to you in my head yeah, you were back, wa walked into the sunset and then you came back <laughs> forgot my coat <laughs> and then i said it again it's like now i think that's the last time yeah it's not as not as impactful the second time say i look at him though i find people who lack conviction and don't treat others like humans like that is really what it is and for Again, I, I was thinking about women and I was mm -hmm. looking, I was running through a list of women in my life and I cannot find one that I hold a grudge against. Yeah, there's got to be something up with that. I think there's two things. One, dudes probably more so than women are dehumanizing people. Oh, just like probably. the nature of men to sort of yeah. have like a power struggle thing? Yeah. Okay. That's probably that happening a bit more. But there's certainly women who do that. Sure. Um, and lacking conviction, coming off as kind of weak and cowardly, I think with a man, and you can say this is an outdated view, for whatever reason, rubs me <clears throat> the wrong way more than if a woman were the same way. It just, something about it. Like, it, yes, it's tying into these old beliefs, like men should be the strong ones and know what they're doing. And, you know, I I don't necessarily outwardly hold those beliefs in general. I don't give a shit. People can be whatever they want to be. But obviously, on some level, there's something about that dynamic. That well, really because they're presenting themselves as powerful, but what you feel their actions are, are weak. No, you're right. When they're in positions of power is when it bothers me. Because if a person was like that and they weren't and they weren't didn't have influence other, over right. other people then it wouldn't bother me. I'd still be like, okay, you're kind of annoying because you're like, but I know plenty of people like that and they can be nice and charming people. So what about how, what that has to do with you? Because those people can just exist. And I know that they interact with you, but why it can't be that you've just never encountered a woman that has treated you a certain way. And you, for some reason, don't hold a grudge. 
you know what I mean? Like there's got to be some reason why it's well, only as, men. As we figure this out, the grudges I hold are people who held positions of power over me who could enact influence, yeah. enact their power and influence my life in certain ways. And maybe there just haven't been as many women in a spot like that in my life. Like I, f- I know, but I'm I'm wondering if that's true or if it really does have something to do with it just being men. And you just don't see women the same way. I think it's probably both. I think there's a level of that. But on a level of being peers, equals, mm-hmm. if somebody wrongs me, like, again, we can use the example of my back windshield being smashed in. I should, I, I don't necessarily like that person. Right. But I don't hold this You didn't grudge. picture her cats eating her to death? No, I think part of it, too, is that my fantasies <laughs> are violent and I don't like, like, there's just not a desire to uh, oh. enact that violence against women. So you're a gentleman. <laughs> yes, I'm mean, a gentleman <laughs> yeah. in my grudge holding. Yeah. Like, I do think that's a big part of it because- when I think about my payback for these people, it's like I want to destroy them in some way. And sometimes it is violent. Other times, like the guy in the the car, a one-time instance, the valet, and it's like I still wanted to destroy his car, which maybe I actually did with the... Yeah, you might have. I don't know how much the the styrofoam do. wouldn't have screwed it up, but it turns to a napalm sludgy Yeah, I was going to say, it must, it must melt it because of gasoline. If it gets into a fuel injector or something, then it'll it'll... Fuck it up. But if it just sits at the bottom of the tank, it doesn't matter. I don't know oh. if it actually gets sucked up or not. But maybe he always had to like he had to fill up his tank a whole lot more because of the sludge, like taking up a space, like putting a brick in the back of your <laughs> I don't think water tank much. of your toilet. Yeah. But I don't know if it was that much. It was just one styrofoam cup. Oh, I I've had people- thoughts like that. Like when when you um like when you're driving and the other person makes a mistake driving, but then they like are mad at you for it. You're like, ah, fuck you. You know, like there is, I, there, there is an element for me of like, I want to follow them. And I don't know what, I don't know. (laughs) Like if I did follow them, it's almost like a, like a dog with a car, you know, like what, what are you going to do with it when you catch it? I don't know. I would just, I would, I want to have the cathartic experience of yelling at them. But in reality, it would really be understand me <laughs> like don't do that to me i you did that to the wrong person i'm really nice and i would have i wouldn't have made that mistake for you that wasn't me that was you you know i don't know but there is like that rage sort of flash you want to teach them a lesson but a nice lesson like an actual lesson like hey like hey i'm just maybe a person. you shouldn't think like my lessons like i'll teach you a lesson by breaking your bones you're just like, no, I actually want you to understand. Yeah. There's no need to react like that. You were in the wrong. You can just say but that's sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anyone that you hold long-term grudges against or a long-term grudge against? No. The only things I can think of, <clears throat> the only things, the only thing, well, okay, like thinking about like uh, violence, you know, uh, there was a uh, in-law of mine who, you know, has his own demons, but it's those the types of demons that affect all of us when you're around this person. 
And it was so annoying and just so toxic and just irritating. And like, especially back then, like I wasn't uh, able to really let myself feel these negative things. So I just wanted it to go away. And there was always um, an open can of monster energy drink in the refrigerator. And I thought about like just slowly poisoning it a little bit. Not <laughs> enough. Not... flat. Well, it's but... like it was rotating. You know what I mean, it was like always there for him to like drink out of. But it's, aren't those carbonated? So you let them sit open. Do they go flat? I don't know. Maybe I've in the fridge it's a... less. I don't know. I've never had a monster. Because cold things stay or carbonate better, I think, than warm things. Well, you get more bubbles when it's warmer, which means it's being released. So yeah, when they're oh yeah, so maybe the cold slows it down. But anyway, but you know, I just thought like Windex or something, or like a Visine, you know, just something to like make him sick, just to put him out for the week that I'm there because I'm I just don't want to deal with this anymore. You're making it, you're making my life harder, and it's annoying. So stuff like that, uh, I've thought about. Like literally, I could compartmentalize that and be like, yeah, that's fine for me to do because you're annoying. <laughs> um, but as far as grudges, <clears throat> I think with Frasier, I really did hold that for a long time because <clears throat> I felt like because I did come in. I mean, how much older is he than us? Two years? No, not one? even. He's, he's yeah, like one year older than me, one year and a month. Okay, so he's he, Wait, he's no, 40, no, 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 42 and a, like a third or something. I, I take that back. He's only 11 months older than me. So he's like a year and a few months older. Okay. So he must be a little bit older than me then because whatever. But yeah, th- the fact that I came in similarly aged and there was such a power difference. Yeah, I feel like that was really shitty and that was not cool. And uh, fuck you for that. And I guess the fact that it, it that the, these feelings came later, maybe I think that's part of the grudge too. It's like I never got to sort of enact the realization of these things. And like I said, not not get revenge on him, but at least just be like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> just like start standing up for myself, I guess, more than I mean, anything else. You know, it, I never got to do that. It clearly has had an impact because... Mentioning that I was having the conversation with him inspired your topic. Well, we, now we're trying to be uh, more uh, strict. So I was like, oh, here's something. No, that's <laughs> good. I'm glad that it happened. But it, yeah. it's interesting that that inspired the topic. So there are feelings, which I think are valid. I would, like you said, I was at least learning things. I was being taught to yeah. edit and other technical you skills. You taught me how taught to edit. To run. I was taught to run the board. Yeah, by him. he didn't teach me shit about the board, and that meant that I wasn't able to have opportunities, like to run the board on the weekend and get more yeah, into get the radio. Six dollars an hour, but, but still, at the time, <laughs> it's like that's how you get in. You start running the board, you know. But I didn't have that opportunity. I got to work in promotions because I'm a girl. <laughs> Even though running promotions, like I was the only one that was like the woman who could do promotions. That was like lifting up the speakers and setting things up properly everybody else hey if you got that sweet tech fee that tech fee ruled that was 150 dollars for an appearance i felt like that was just the biggest deal I was like 150 that's a lot of fucking money it was like, it, at that time 
Yeah. I don't know how I survived at that time. I was living at 1660 Peachtree. My rent was $814 a month and I didn't feel like I was struggling. I felt like I was like, oh, I'm making enough, but I don't know how. I remember I, thinking that was so much. Like you lived in the fancy apartments. Yeah. Well, the thought of paying 814 <laughs> yeah. was like, whoa, whoa, shit. How am I going to do this? Mm -hmm. And somehow I did making six bucks an hour because I didn't get as many tech fees. But when you compare it to, yes, radio is like, hey, you're going to run the, you're keeping the station on the air in essence. Here's $6 an hour. Uh, it's like, hey, you're going to drive the truck and put some banners up. Here's $150. Yeah, That's strange. because the client was paying for it, not the company. Right. And, but, and you also had to drive one of those giant station vehicles, which I always which hated doing. I was fine. I was like, I got it. See, I love being capable, you know, like underestimate me because I'll show you like when we would set up for those listener lunches and you know you had to like set up like 24 pop-up tents <laughs> you know I learned how to pop them up by myself and then there would be like three dudes or like two dudes and a girl setting one up and I was like I got it <laughs> and nobody noticed no you they just... did I was like I was a bad bitch all right well then I'm glad that people noticed yeah I that's like why beans. you got more promotions where it is. And I'm pleasant to work with too. Like I'm, I, I try my best. I don't always do great, but you know, I try my best, and then I'm, I'm pleasant to work with, and I think that goes a long way. It's more fitting of your personality. You're out there interacting with people, whereas yeah. I would hide away in the studio. See, all right. Well, but either way, the fact that he didn't like <clears throat> that, yeah, he didn't try and help teach me anything. I mean, it was the point of being an intern to learn, but especially those days when. It's supposed to be for school credit. That didn't even happen. No. So we came in in a, a good time. Yeah. Right before they sort of made it so that you can't be an intern unless you're in school. They started cracking down on that because there's no either you had to pay the intern something. I think you still had to be getting credit, too. Um, but these days, I feel like interns have to make some money mm -hmm. before it was you, the credit is your compensation. We weren't even getting credits. It wasn't aligned to any class. And. If it had to I be, wasn't in school. Yeah. And I still was, but I didn't mm -hmm. have an intern. I didn't have a class I could attach it to. Maybe I lied and said I was, I, I don't even think I did but you that. Were in, what was your degree? Journalism? Yeah. Well, I didn't get the degree. <laughs> right. That's but that's what, what was, you're going for. That's what I was working towards. I only had a few classes left. <laughs> you should go back. Just finish. Well, Do it online. At this point, I think they're expired. I think the credits expire. You think so? 10 years or something. Do you lie on your resume? No, not anymore because I don't need to. But I never lied on my resume. I would. Oh, you just fudge. say the years you went? Oh, oh, you're talking about school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, just in general. Um, like I have plenty of experience. I'll answer that. But my, my thought was, I thought in general, you're like, do you lie on your resume? I was like, I think everyone... <laughs> <laughs> just presents things. I never flat out lied about anything I did. No. Yeah. Um, but I think you give yourself a little more responsibility. Oh, of course. So uh, you, you fluff look good. It. But at this point, I've had so many different jobs and enough experience. Like I don't even have much room to put the details down. It's just like here's jobs, and you're starting to remove some jobs because it's gotten yeah. to be so long. No, I never lied about having a degree. I would just put Georgia State University journalism. A bullet point journalism, a bullet point, 2000, 2005. Right. That makes if sense. People want to do assume like that was the that was the whole idea. If you want to assume it's a degree, yeah. great. But 
if you find out I don't have a degree, then I didn't lie. Right. And if you asked me if I had a degree, I wouldn't lie. I'd say no. But nobody ever asked. So that's that's the way I played that. Smart. And these days it doesn't, you know, again, far enough in my career, it doesn't matter. Nobody gives a shit about school. Right. And the truth is when I'm looking to hire people, I don't care about their education. I don't <laughs> fucking care. Like if anything, if I see somebody went to some fucking hoity-toity <coughs> school, it's more of a turn off. It probably hurts them with me. Hmm. I what do you mean? What's a hoity-toity school? Like NYU. Oh, okay. Columbia. So I was like, uh, eh, nah, I don't want to work with you. Oh, privileged? Yeah. I, you know, I say that though, and that's, that's illegal to dismiss people for <laughs> yeah. things. And I'm not saying that I ever have. Well, if they have a bunch of experience, then you, but yeah, you're not going to just take, oh, they went to a hoity-toity school and don't have as much experience as this person who didn't. Well, I'm talking about a like an entry-level position when you're hiring someone who doesn't have experience, so you don't have much yeah. to go on. So you have to look at school. Like to a lot of people, like that is the first in. It's like, I'm not a professional. I don't have work experience, but here's where I went to school and here's all my extra extracurricular activities. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, it doesn't fucking matter to me. You sit and you talk and you have a conversation and that's where the decision comes from. It's like, what do you have to say? How is our dynamic? Right. How open are you to learning? Because entry level, you are going to have to learn. And if you think you fucking know everything and you think you're fucking great, it's going to want to deal with it. Yeah. Like I'd rather someone come in who needs a little more handholding, but is open to learning. See, that's, in, that's interesting that the, the movement from the previous generation to our generation becoming people who are hiring because you know, I'm sure that by the time Ellie is graduating high school, it's still going to be the same rigmarole of like, you're, you're, uh, you know, you got to get extracurricular curriculars, you know, you got to, because you have to put it on your thing for your, your college uh, applications and blah, 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 blah. Uh, no, the, the new, I feel like the, the way things are moving are get out in the world, find out what you like to do and work and do and experience and then maybe focus on a career if you want, you know, or if you're in high school and you definitely know what you're going to do, like that's different. You know, like if you've wanted to be a doctor or something, it's like, okay, well then, then you have to do the work, but just the blanket statement of everybody has to go to college. Everybody has to get into the right colleges. It's like, fuck you. No, no, you don't. It's not how it works anymore. I hope the movement away from college continues. I think me too getting fed up with Fuck it. colleges. They're the way that they so increased, money. once you find out, once you, again, we've all peeked behind the curtains. We all know what the fuck is going on now. The reason why college is, is so expensive is because they decided to give out loans for people and now they could get more money from the children. And that's why college is expensive. Not because, it, you, it didn't used to be like that. Well, they give people tenure and they pay them a lot. You've been around and they, you know, they take care of themselves. Sure. Yeah, fuck you. And for what? A journalism degree? <laughs> English well, major. I, I hope that people move away. Yeah. I don't think it's ultimately helpful. And surely there's bias because I didn't finish and the beliefs sure. I hold uh, when it comes to college, that probably does come into play when I'm looking at resumes. So like, there's probably people who did do all that stuff and think I put in that work and I'm only going to accept people who also put in that work. Mm. I'm not handing anything out. But see, that's what I think is changing in our generation. I think that people aren't acting like that as often. I hope because yeah. I don't view it as a hand. I view it as giving someone a chance who didn't, you know, I was like, yeah, because I kind of I feel like I had 
chances. People took chances on me and it wasn't based on my fucking education and knowing that not having a degree degree could really hurt you in some instances. It's like, well, I don't, you know, it's not a handout to me if, if someone didn't go to a fancy school and doesn't have yeah. fancy degrees. It's like it's giving someone a chance and it doesn't always work out. It's like, all right, well, I gave you a chance and it didn't work. But a lot of the times it will because people are willing to work hard and learn. And see, that's what you have to figure out. Like that's <clears throat> that's what the majority of people need to be learning is how to do things that are difficult, how to like get through stuff, how to uh, listen and uh, work well with people and be pleasant to work with. Like those are the things that people need to learn, not spend $15,000 when you're 22 years old with a, like I said, an English major <laughs> gives a fuck. And I take be being a manager seriously. Like uh, mm -hmm. it's not, there's a job to get done. And ultimately that's what you're there to do is to get people in a position to do the job well. But that also means thinking about who they are as people and what it would take to get them to a spot to do their job well. It's not mm -hmm. always fear. People use fear or treat others like shit or demean people. Like hopefully I will be a manager who people don't hold a grudge against one day. Who don't think back and like that fucking guy. I hope he gets hit by a bus in <laughs> front of his son. And his son has to watch as the life slowly fades away oh, from his eyes. no. <laughs> it's concerning. It's not concerning. It's just a thought. True. It's just a thought. So if, I, if it actually happened, well, if I didn't see it, uh, I'd be like, oh, okay. Too bad. But, you know, I don't want to see something like that. Right. I'd probably be horrified if I watched a person. I did sure watch a person would. get hit by a train once. It was quick and you couldn't see the body afterwards. But that was still, you know, enough. It's like, yeah. Jesus Christ, that person was alive next to me. Now they're not. They're done. <sighs> yeah, that is. <clears throat> that is a scary. That is, that is a scary thought because we are just all existing. And then the thought of not existing anymore is and for it to happen so quickly like that. Yeah. Like they were 10 feet away from me. Now they're under that train dead. And could I have picked up on it? Could I have done something? It's also hard to process. Mm -hmm. Like my brain, I was like, I, I brought this up, I think, at some point, but uh, people have those push carts in New York. Like you can put your groceries, groceries and laundry yeah. and stuff in it so you don't have to carry it. And for whatever reason, I knew it was a person who had jumped, but my brain's like, it was like, it was like a push cart. I think a push cart oh, just like yeah. got pushed under the tracks and the train <laughs> hit it and oh well yeah there's um uh i had a neighbor who said where she lived previously there was like a body that was found and it was i can't remember if it was like decapitated or like cut up in some way and it was in a bush that she like on the ground on a, in a bush on her way to her door and she saw it that night and she was talking to her sister and she was talking about like somebody like put a mannequin outside and talked about it being a mannequin. And then she realized then the police and the, you know, everything was there the next day and she realized what she had seen. But yeah, your brain is like, no, it's not. No, it's not that. Yeah. It's like the people who watch death videos online. It's like, no, thanks. I don't need to watch. There's like torture videos. I once we really need to wrap it up because I have to get ready for a meeting. But okay. Uh, 
I read a Reddit thread about <laughs> those like death videos and mm-hmm. the, it was just posed as like, what is the worst video you've seen? And no pictures were posted. Some people would link to the videos. I have zero desire to watch them. And I don't even know why I read this thread, but there's a bit of curiosity. Just there reading, is. Yeah. Just reading the descriptions of what happens. And like some of these are like cartel torture videos where it's like god awful stuff. And I don't know how anyone can sit there and actually watch it. Yeah, I don't know like what people, that part of your brain is that you that people can do that. People getting their arms cut off while they're alive uh, mm-hmm. or getting their hands cut off, but then they're still grasping for things even though their hands are gone it's like i don't want to fucking watch any of this what it's the same thing when people listen to um like all that murder porn i cannot deal like oh my god even wsb the way that the the news happens before the show starts i can't listen because it's always like an eight-year-old boy was killed by a mother and blah blah blah. it's like they found the baby in the it's like god damn it like i can't say shit on the radio but i can hear about fucking children being kidnapped and tortured on at like 4 p.m. Get out of here. Well, it's always been a thing with our society. Violence, okay. Yeah. Cursing, sex, no, no. Can't have any of that. Uh-uh. That's bad. I don't understand the people that are into that. Like, I, I couldn't, I, oh my God, I can't. Especially when it has to do with kids. And I feel like, like I said, every news report on our show is like, about some kids. Like, God damn it. Well, like I said, despite my violent fantasies, I wouldn't want to actually see any of this. No. Nor would I really want it to happen. It's just a fantasy. Yeah. It's just giving you s- some sort of power back. <laughs> yes. The ultimate power. It's like, you fucked me over. I'll. No, I... you're dead. But it's never me doing it. <laughs> right. It's something. Something horrible happening. befalling them. Yes. <laughs> so you're not, not really caring. responsible, but. <laughs> me not you... caring. The things that uh, I do do, it's like, well, you get a fist in your coffee. That's what you're going to You get. got spit. That's pretty gross. All right. Yeah. Wrap it up. All right, everybody. Thank you. Uh, subscribe. Rate, review, all that stuff. Tell your friends. Uh, talk to us online. Bye. Bye. <laughs>